Hey everyone, it's Shannon and Dave from The Outside Edge. We want to personally invite you to join us on our podcast via Patreon. The bonus episodes, we let loose a little bit more, we take the guard off, and we get some amazing stories. It just starts at $2 a month. We know you can afford it. We've had great guests on. We just recently had Todd Weatherhill telling us about his adventures in Austin. And our latest podcast is with Carl Reberge talking about his adventures with Aerosmith and skiing with Joe Perry and also Arnold Schwarzenegger's family. So check it out. Remember, it is patreon.com forward slash the outside edge. Get on there and listen to these episodes. They are hysterical. Welcome everybody to the Outside Edge, a podcast about all things water sports and extreme athletes from back in the day. We're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of things that have happened in the past, and hopefully things that will happen in the future. I'd like to introduce myself as your host. I'm Dave Briscoe. And my faithful sidekick, Mike Lee. Hello, everyone. Hi, Mike. There they are. There's those dogs there's again. Dogs. There's crazy I know, there's dogs. something that sounds like dogs. I don't know where again. they're coming from. <laughs> they must be living in your mouse. The mouse dogs. And also my co-host, Shannon Best. Shannon, what's going on? I got it right that time. There you go. I am uh, changing. You're changing? What are you changing? My underwear and my internet provider. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, good. So, hey, did you play uh, poker last night, Shannon? I did. How'd it go? Uh, absolutely horrible. Oh, no. $200 bullets at it and uh, bombed out and like, I made the final table, but I bombed out in, uh, I don't know, like ninth place. I think I was bombed out pretty early. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, what, what, what poker Tex- do you play? Texas Hold'em. Oh, me too, man. The next time that we're in the same room together, we should play some poker. Mate, I play, I play poker like Four nights a week now, five nights a week. Do so. you play online or do you go to the casino? I do. I, I play online, but I, I play online every day. But when I say I play poker four or five nights a week, these are uh, I play at the casino. Then I also play uh, bar games as well, too. Nice. So it's normally it's it, what I do is I play a lot of sit and goes. So I play a lot of like thirty dollar to hundred and fifty dollar sit and goes. You must wow. have won something because I hear somebody's making your coffee this morning. Yeah, no, that's um, that's my roommate. I'm very fortunate to have a great business partner and roommate. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. He's ducking it. He's ducking it. Yep. That's what they're calling so, it these yeah, days yeah. when they're uh-huh. still in the closet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> closet? I'm, shit. I've been out for years. <laughs> well, luckily for all you listeners out there, we have a returning guest tonight, uh, today, this afternoon. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is you're listening. Welcome back, our 2006 inductee to the Water Ski Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer water skier, Carl Roberge. <laughs> hey, Carl. That just sounds like a bunch of kids in there. Yeah, the kids yeah. love you, Carl. Yeah. yeah. Right on. <laughs> Who doesn't love Carl? You see that, that smile, man. You got to see his uh, body glove commercial. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I don't know what year it was, but he's Dude. got the he's got the glasses on and he's smiling and go, going around ball number three. <laughs> what a what a callback! Body glove, golly, are they still around? Are body gloves still around? They are. They are. Um, the Maestro family, who owns Body Glove, uh, re- well, a couple of years ago, sold uh, about seventy five percent of the company, so it's kind of gone corporate. But they still retained a a, a, 
a portion of the company and they're still involved and they're one of the biggest surf brands in America. Wow. Holy moly. That's crazy. I remember Body Glove when I was a kid was like the cool, I mean, it was sports wear or whatever, but that was like just a cool thing to wear because we weren't skiers or anything like that. I had no idea that it was like a, a surf brand or whatever. We just knew that it was, they made cool swim shorts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carl made it cooler. He That's right. Carl made it cool. See, yeah. I have a connection My- to you, Carl, and I didn't even know it. My favorite Carl Roberge uh, ad is uh, him and Sammy Duvall on their Harley Davidsons, and they've oh yeah, the skis like, were mounted to the bike. Skis like slung in there like shotguns, and they're and they're cruising down the highways in their uh, in their jeans and black t-shirts. He was trying to be Bob and Chris Lapointe. They were yeah, probably- no, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool back then. I mean, like you could hear the uh, the Bon Jovi song in the background, you know. <laughs> 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 what was that ad? Do you remember that? Did you do that for an ad, Carl? I, I did actually. Um, I I got yeah. it. It was a poster, and it was also an ad. And um, they uh, there was a funny story behind that. Um, Kidder had uh, told me that's what they wanted in an ad. They wanted me on a on a Harley with Sammy and I and different on a pair of Harleys going down the road on um, Lakeside. So I kind of. Um, I, I saw a couple of guys riding some Harleys and I was driving in my car and I followed them until they pulled over. Cause I really liked the bikes. And I said, Hey, do you mind if we use your bikes for a photo shoot next week? And the guys go, well, what's in it for us? And I said, well, how about a bunch of water skis? And so these guys were so excited. We gave their families, both their families, all the water skis they wanted. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Everything. Life oh, that's jackets, awesome. Skis, all kinds of stuff. We shipped all this stuff to him. And they and we said, you know, meet us at this location with your bikes and, um, you know, and, you know, escort us through this process. Because at that time, uh, Sammy and I really had we've ridden motorcycles, obviously, but not big 800 pound Harleys. Right. And so they were there to kind of, you know, help us through it. And then Tom King got in the back of a pickup truck and um, he you know, he actually took uh, video and, and film uh, or still films of it. Oh, that's but, awesome. How did you mount the skis to the bike? Zip ties. They just zip tied on. You zip tied them on. That's zip awesome. Ties. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it was so funny. We wanted to look real mean and tough, and this is really kind of a, a, a funny thing. So we're getting ready for the shoot, and I, I'm looking for Sammy. I go, come on, Sammy, we got to go. We got to get on these bikes. And, and he goes, wait, wait, wait a minute. And I go, and I walked around the back of his truck and I go, what are you doing? And he's over there. And he's got these, he's got these, uh, 35 pound curls and he's just doing them back and forth. Up and up. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, man, I got to look good for the photo. And he was trying to pump his arms up. Uh, so, we were so hard. It was, it was awesome. That I was waiting for you to say, I oh, shoving a sock down his jeans. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's, pumping the, he's pumping the python up ready to go. Uh, pumping no, the no, python. Nothing like that. But it, it was funny. He was into the shoot. He wanted to look good. And I, I'd never even thought of doing that. And it, it was really funny. That so is so let me guess, you're like, Sammy, share, share one of those with me, quick, give me one of those dumbbells. No, me. no, it was too late, we had to go, I, I, there's no way I could get into it, he, he timed it right where he could do it, but I couldn't, and I'm like, okay, here well, we go. Well, Sammy's about half the size of you anyway, so he had to try to do something. It was funny. That is hysterical. So, I want to talk about the TikTok. Let's get right into the TikTok. Carl Roberts used to come down the slalom course, and I could, could you do this in the course and keep going? Like yeah. I'm, yeah. so he would hop up on his slalom ski, land backwards, uh-huh. and then bounce back up and land back forward again, and then finish the run. 
And he was the only, I mean, there was a, a couple guys are doing it like for fun and for like hot dog skiing, but he'd do it in the tournament. Oh like, yeah. If you fall, you know, you, you're done. Right. But, uh, yeah. You remember the TikTok, Shannon? Yes, I do. Actually, we did the one, uh, I missed the buoy in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so we threw a TikTok. You missed the buoy, so we just threw a TikTok at 36 miles an hour. Was like, yeah. <laughs> when did that start? Tell us about that one. Um, actually, you know, the first the first person I ever saw do a TikTok was Bob LaPointe, and he would do it when he came into the shoreline, you know, when he was kind of slowing down to a stop. And um, I thought, oh, that was really cool. I go, but I just, I wanted to kind of take it one step further. And I go, well, if he could do that and then, you know, come to a stop, um, why can't I do it off the side of the boat when there's no tension on the line and do it exactly the same way? So that was theory. And um, so I, I started working on that and, and started making it a few times. And uh, How long did it take you to get it? Um, well, you know, it, it came pretty quick, um, but it was you inconsistent. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd fall on my head probably at least two out of five times. And because um, I wouldn't practice it that much. It was just kind of something you did for fun. But, right. Uh, I, I did pull off a few maneuvers when, you know, if I had a great run, it looks, you know, I either won the event or, or, or did really well. I would, would kind of be excited and, and just would try it. Yeah. It's like your NASCAR were, burnout. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And it, it wasn't in, it wasn't during the competition. It was after I completed my pass or I, I you know, missed a buoy. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, on behalf of every wakeboarder that's ever wakeboarded before, I want to thank you for never picking up a wakeboard. Because <laughs> there's no freaking way in hell I would have made it if uh, you got guys like you transferred over. So, yeah. Carl, will, will you... Um... What's what's your take? Were you were you two bindings or were you just the one binding in the front? Uh, I was two. I was two. When I was younger, I used just a single toe, but um, I it's definitely felt like it was an advantage to have a double boot. And the boots were. Remember the bindings were so friggin' tight back then. I mean, your feet would cramp so bad. Did, did we, yeah. Did, were you that tight of bindings? I, I wasn't, but um, they're um, you know they they were definitely. You couldn't stay in them for more than five, five, ten minutes. Right. That's for sure. Right, right. Wow. So, you know, we were talking last time. Oh, I, I know a story I wanted to tell. So, in, I can't remember what year it was. It's got to be 94, 95, somewhere in there. The wakeboarders were just starting to get strong on the market. And the bags then, they made these little slots in the bag for a skateboard. Okay. So instead of having to carry your bag like a backpack, you could actually put a skateboard in it and roll it like a, you know, like a oh, okay. like yeah, luggage is now, right? Sure, yeah. A lot of us a lot of us skateboarded as well. So we only rode from 9 a.m. in the morning till 10 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday. So we were there from Friday, you know, Saturday, Sunday on the Pro Tour. Right. And we had nothing else to do, so we'd go skateboarding half the time. So Carl comes walking up, and he didn't know many of the wakeboarders. I was kind of the link, but because sure. Carl and I knew each other from like 91, 92, and he comes up, and I'm hanging with a bunch of the wakeboarders, and he goes, hey, kid, can I uh, can I see that thing for a minute? And all the wakeboarders are looking at Carl like, oh, fuck's this old guy going to do yeah, yeah. the skateboard? Carl grabs a skateboard, does a endo, what do you call it? You One back wheel, and yeah. you, you spun. I think you got 10 spins in standing there in one spot on the skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody was blown away. They're like, what the hell? What's this slalom guy you know, yeah. doing on a skateboard? So you, right. 
that's you, mandatory. That's mandatory uh, Californian there. You're not allowed to be a Cali- proper Californian. If you can. Oh, no. Spin no. a few 360s on a skateboard. Exactly. Uh, I, I grew up on a skateboard. I, um, I, it, and I, I'd, ride a, I'd ride a skateboard to school every day. Um, and I'd ride a skateboard to school because a lot of times my mom would pick me up with a boat, a car in the boat, from school and we go straight to the mission bay and if i had a bike i couldn't put it anywhere so i rode my skateboard to school it was downhill the whole way to school a mile or so and then when she picked me up i could just hop in with my skateboard and i didn't have a bike to drag down to the lake see nice that's the difference of the northeast to the west coast the northeast goes oh, i walked to school yeah. in the snow uphill, uphill both, both, both ways girls like no oh, dude i uh, skateboarded downhill to school yeah, I mean, it was awesome mom picked me up we went straight to the lake yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, that's let's get into that for a minute. The old versus the new. So Carl was there when, uh, you know, we were on TV then. It was a good time to be in skiing and in wakeboarding and everything else because it was prime time. But you had a certain responsibility to help your sponsors grow. Otherwise, the sport was going to die. So what do you see nowadays, Carl, that maybe frustrates you or you wish somebody would do different or, you know, dive on that for a minute? Well, I, I think that there's there today it looks like there's a lot of missed opportunities with the athletes getting involved with with the industry. Um, um, and so I think you know they they do well to position themselves to be a partner, not just somebody who wants to try to get them exposure. And um, I think that's where some of the athletes are maybe not following through. I see they're really doing well with Instagram and social media. And that seems to be a big driver, but I think, um, personal experiences with actual consumers and interacting with the product in their uh, and sales product is what I don't see as much. Do you think it goes both ways? Cause you know, the, I mean, the boat companies are making more money than they've ever made nowadays. And I, I don't know. Well, is there anything that frustrates you there? Um, well, you know, that doesn't frustrate me at all, except for if you're a consumer trying to buy the product, it's so expensive now. And I think it's it's limiting the amount of people kind of entering the sport. Um, that, that That's a tough part. But the athletes, for the athletes involved with those products, oh my, there's so much opportunity. It's ridiculous. I mean, their budgets have got to be three or four times bigger now than they were uh, back when we were competing so there's there's a lot of opportunity on the marketing side and sales to to really do things for those products now i know uh shannon definitely has strong opinions on what's going on in the industry today shannon what do you got that's as far as strong or being opinionated uh, yes yes <laughs> um that's a good question um you know it's social media is such a huge thing um, i'm sort of all for it um and these kids if you because i follow a bunch of them on instagram and they really are good and they do they do put they do post a lot like they they're most of these kids are posting daily, you know, snippets of them practicing and snippets of their lifestyle. You get it. Like, I, I feel that, um, if, if, if this was when I was, when I was a pro, you know, I, if I, if I had this at my, you know, access, it would have been a different, I definitely would have had a different career. If I and, knew then what I know now. Yeah, I know. Don't we all wish well, we could go back? True, true, true. But also I'm sort of, I'm glad I'm, it's, I'm glad in another way because, Dude, I did. I did. I was a rat bag. I was out of control, you know. 
um, up until, you know, two or three weeks ago. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't really, I don't think I would have, I think I would have made a lot more mistakes or people would have, you know, seen right through it. You know, um, I think I would have been persecuted a lot, you know, because of the stupid things that I did or said or something like that as a kid. So I think, unfortunately, with social media these days, these kids are under a lot more of a microscope. And they have to be a lot more of a brand ambassador, and they because it's just you, you get to see so much more into their lives. Yeah, and, and they was... have they have so much more uh, interaction with customers via social media. Maybe not not on a personal level, and and when you know it's sort of one thing when I say a joke and then I wink at you, and you're like, oh, okay, the guy was joking. But if I said that over Twitter, there's no wink. You know what I mean? There's right, no right. they're not picking up the sarcasm, they're not picking up the subtlety of dry sense of humor and stuff like that. So um, I think I, I would have been a lot more in trouble back in the day. Oh, know? absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, I can yeah, just I'm listening sort of glad, to the, yeah. uh, I think we've done like 15 episodes of this show now, right. somewhere in that area. Um, and just some of the stories that are on here, you guys would have been fired today. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. I, and that's just because, it's nothing because it, anything you did was necessarily wrong, but like or, if or, you're like doing or naked. To the, promoted to the head of, um, what was Weinstein's company? Oh, Miramax. yeah. I would, I would have been promoted straight to the head of CEO of, of Miramax. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, and, and especially with the Me Too movement and uh, all of this PC political correctness, which I, by the way, think is garbage. I'm not championing it, it in any way. Yeah, that's true. But, like, if you guys are, like, you know, taking naked jumps off of a, the top of a boat while a news reporter is filming you, they're going to be like, all right, you guys are out. We can't, we can't use you anymore. Yeah, it's crap. Right? Well, the fun yeah. is gone. The fun yeah. is gone. Yeah. The f well, I mean, does it does it feel that way? It does do you guys, to me. Do you guys think that the fun is gone? Egg silence. Crickets. I know, right? Come on, <laughs> you pussies. <laughs> Don't be pussies. This is supposed was, to be a podcast. I just did a lot of talking. It's up to you guys. Come on. You know, the, I do feel sorry for the kids that 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 get in trouble because of social media, and and you can't do anything wrong without it being exposed, and it's it's, it's tough on them. And like you said, if we were if we were microscoped with video and, and and photographs that were taken of you and instantly kind of spread out every time you had a mishap, I think everybody's career would be a lot different. So the, those those athletes today have to be extremely careful. But on we, the flip side, yeah, I, I was really kind of going, okay, I don't want to see a picture of of some pro wakeboarder or water skier or, or you know someone who says they're a pro anyways and and see what they're whether what they're eating you know for breakfast in the morning and how their cereal bowl fits on the dash of their brand new boat and how right. there's a place to put their cell phone while they eat their breakfast and put on their ski at the same time and, and make references to all their affiliated sponsors it's just it's nauseating yeah um it's yeah. just like, really, guys, you know, do lifestyle. That's great. And have pictures of those products in the background. But I think to to itemize them and mention them and you can't live without them kind of thing, it takes away from the credibility of, of, of I think, what everybody's trying That's to do. That's a good point. Because yeah. it kind of makes you like the Kardashians all of a sudden. Exactly. They do that in movies and everything these days. Like, you'll see that the star of the film goes to the refrigerator, pulls out a Coke, and the label is out as he takes a drink right. of it. You know, like everything. And then he sets it down next to a box of Lucky Charms for breakfast. You know, whatever. It's right. always product placement, product placement. Right, right. Well, yeah. And then I, I think I'm, I'm kind of good with the product placement. That doesn't bother me. I get that. But then to say, 
this Coke tastes really good. And, you know, these, <laughs> these Wheaties are incredible this morning, you know? Right. Um, you know, they, it's like, really? And then all of a sudden you defriend that person. You don't want to see it anymore. Right. It's not, right. it's not real. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd it, like to thank Bubba's butler. <laughs> Bubba does have a good butt lube. I'm just saying. I mean, it's my personal choice as well. It's better than the dry rub. I yeah. had some crazy sponsors back in the day. So, Carl, can I ask you this? Uh, can you tell us a story about, you know, something that you did back in the day or something that happened uh, without uh, criminalizing yourself or whatever, incriminating yourself. Or somebody else. Yeah, or somebody else. But can you tell us a story that you think... Crazy that throw, like, throw someone under the bus. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to throw somebody under just the tell bus. Us, tell us a story about something you did in your day that you know they would never get away with today. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know what? Since we're on the sponsorship thing, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a sponsorship story. Okay. Um, and, and I think this is what a lot of uh, a lot of the athletes are, are dealing with today in a, in a different way. Um, I was, I was in, I was, I was in a contract negotiation with a, uh, a sponsor and it was a, a pretty big national company and rhymes it was, rhymes with, a, rhymes yeah, with. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to get, let's just, let's just, yeah, we'll call it, we'll call it a, a sunglass company just to make it simple. Okay. And, and and the contract was at that time, you know, my day and age was it was worth somewhere around twenty five thousand dollars a year. Okay, which is you know kind of a, a I would call that a secondary sponsor um, for me back then, but it was also something that was important because it was something you had on your face and you didn't have it all all the time. You didn't ski with it that much, but you know it, it was it was a material sponsorship just because I I thought it it really affected your personality and what you were doing. So it was important. So I get down to the final hour of negotiating contract with this company. And, um, um, then I get a phone call and say, okay, well, Carl, we're not going to move forward with you. And, you know, we've, we've had probably, uh, two months of dialogue going back and forth, trying to work out the, the details of what they wanted me to do and what we did. And I said, well, if you don't mind my asking, what what did you decide to do as opposed to hiring me? And they go, well, we hired another athlete um, in water skiing. Oh. And I'm going, okay, well, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm hope you're happy with them. He goes, yeah. And we got it for uh, we're. I said, what 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 did the contract entail? I mean, if you don't want if you don't mind sharing, he goes, no, we don't mind sharing at all. They said. We're giving them free product, oh. and uh, we're giving them a photo incentive every time they show up in a photo with our glasses. And I said, oh, okay, so you really don't have a deal with them. They go, no, we feel pretty good about it because, you know, this is a current world champion and so on and so forth. And, and you know, I'm going, really? And, you know, they. so the point of the story is, you know, her that person's value was, you know, it, you know, for that that small product was let's say in the neighborhood of twenty five thousand uh, dollars, yet they were willing to sign for something that was, you know, relatively nothing. And so, I guess the moral of the story is I think there's a lot of athletes that are worth more than they think they are. And if you are at that level, if you're at the top of your sport, and you're gonna you're gonna brand something with your name and and you're, you're worth something. And, yeah, and, and and don't don't sell yourself short. And I, and I think you know 
when somebody was at the world championship level or, or you know, world champion level, either pro or what have you, there, there's value to that. And they need to transfer that into something that, that helps their career. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it was so sickening to me to watch that happen when you'd get these kids that no, were... I'm- Oh. I'm I'm 100% oh. guilty of that. I'm 100% guilty of that throughout my career because I had no I had no one at all guiding me. I had zero help in dealing with companies, sponsors, and they would walk I, all I over you. I had I didn't even have any parental guide at all. You know, so so are you saying a, that they they didn't actually take any money? They just gave them money whenever they showed up with a photograph of them with right, the sunglasses, right? So, so there was no there was no guaranteed here's sponsorship salary. No, it's just right. every time you post a photograph, here's a hundred bucks. In an editorial, you showed up. Yeah, here here's your uh, here's your two three hundred bucks or whatever it is. And I think those are great add-ons for you know bonuses. But I I wouldn't base that as a well, and that's you know that's why a lot of sports have agents, and the agents do the negotiating with the companies instead of the kids. And these are kids. You're talking about the new kids coming up were teenagers. The parents were loaded because they could afford the boat, and the kid just wanted to say he was sponsored by, you know, whoever right. it was. So, yeah, yeah, you know, so he'd put the product on, and say, "Oh yeah, I'm sponsored by Oakley and by you right know, uh, whoever right, it is." Right, yeah, you know. Well, but the, but the only time he actually cashed in on that was when he was in a photo shoot with those sunglasses on. Right, exactly. Wow. Well, you'd, you'd have to see the logo. You can't just wear the glasses. You'd have, right. they, well, well, there'd be stipulations in the contracts. Well, we need to be able to read the logo. You yeah, know, on a sunglass. Like, yeah, right. Or even on the board or something like that. Yeah. So are you kidding me? No. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it, and the, yeah. the other thing too is these are legal binding documents that these companies give you, and you're a kid. You know, and you don't have a. I didn't have a lawyer representing. I didn't have an agent. I didn't even have a someone else mm-hmm. to read over it and but these are actual legal binding contracts that you're signing yeah yeah you know, oh yeah well, you, your parents had to sign them for you i assume well some of the kids yeah some of them weren't mm-hmm. old enough like when parks was coming up he wasn't sure. old enough to receive money he was 13 years old when he won the x games oh wow so, you know, right. so he couldn't sign anything you know um yeah. but yeah that, i mean that was kind of the demise of, of our sport and it, it, the tv starts going away and, and everything starts fading so i don't know what they do now i mean the social media is definitely a different avenue other than primetime TV. I don't think anybody even watches primetime TV anymore. You know, it's all, I haven't seen water skiing or even the X are the X games still around. Well, the water skiing and wakeboarding kind of left. the. Yeah, they changed. It's a Travis Pastrana show. Yeah. Right. It's turned into a, but the problem with the X games and the gravity games is they tried to do everything in one location and water skiing and wakeboarding always had to be offsite. Right. Yeah. I remember so it was that, tough yeah. for the crowd to go back and forth, but you know, we had 10 years that put us on the map with it, but, and that's Carl's days. You know, you, you had those times where you're on primetime TV and these companies would, you know, they wanted to pick you up, but everybody kind of had a standard that, okay, I'm worth right, this much, right. you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there was, and, um, and, and actually it didn't go too deep though. I mean, you probably had the top, I'd say the guys that were guys or girls that were kind of, you know, staying within the top five had a marketable, um, product, you know, in their name and their likeness. And it, it, it fell off the cliff pretty quick afterwards. But there there were a lot of up-and-coming kids um, that showed a lot of promise. Yeah. And those guys were, were, were able to land some great contracts as well. So there there was a lot going on. I know... But I don't know if they sh- did. Like, you- I, I think King of Your Day, it seems to me like the King of Your Day was Sammy Duvall. I mean, when he got the boat named after him, and I know he had a must have had a pretty good sponsor deal going there. 
mm-hmm. and he kind of made the standard. But... Yeah, yeah. He he, and actually, we we kind of fought back and forth. Uh, we kind of went to different sides of the fence. I mean, he he had a Masscraft deal. I had a Craftcraft deal. We were at Kidder together, but he was O'Neill. I was Body Glove. Right. Um, you know, it was we kind of butted heads in. The, the cool thing about it is we kind of knew what we were making in each other's camp and, and we kind of set a standard against each other, which we kind of kept pushing the envelope up. Um, and it, it worked, it worked for, for quite a while. You know, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need guys like you to be agents for these guys coming up now. I mean, how else do you do it? Yeah. You, you know, you, somebody has got to set a standard. It's just like in hockey when Gretzky was the first guy to get paid a million bucks. And now, you know, you entered the league and you're written what the base pay is almost a million, maybe what 700,000 or so, but yeah, think things have changed in sports and the numbers have gone up just drastically. And, um, although this our, our water sports visibility has come down a bit, the industry still had some growth and, so they're, they're, I think there's budgets to do what they used to do in, in the past. It, it just needs to be more organized. Uh, I also wanted to throw out, you know, I guess, you know, back in the day when you guys were doing this, uh, you know, you guys were getting sponsorships from sunglass companies, surfboard companies, whatever, ski companies. Uh, mm-hmm. Now the kids today, because uh, Shannon, you were talking about it, uh, that they post almost daily. Uh, on their Instagram page, on their YouTube channel, and you don't even need a sponsor for that. I don't know if you guys you know realize it, but if you have a YouTube channel that has you know let's say a couple of thousand in followers, twenty, thirty thousand, hundred thousand followers, uh, you can get ad money just from your videos. Somebody wants to go on there and watch a video, you get paid every time. Right, uh, and they could do that That's on cool. in, on Instagram as well. You know, if you get enough followers on Instagram, they will actually contact you. I think it's once you get ten thousand followers or more, they it will contact viral. you, yeah. and they will say, "Hey, uh, you're obviously you know a sensation, and uh, we want to capitalize on that. We'll pay you X amount of dollars if you let us run ads on your videos." Blah blah blah. They can make money doing this stuff. Then you can pull outside. in sponsor money. Yeah, and they can make that. money outside. So I think that the industry has changed a lot just from you know listening to your conversation in that regard as well. They're making money online yeah. left and right. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. You know, that's mm-hmm. and it's not being capitalized probably as much as it could be, you know, because right. yeah. once they do go viral, they could be called. That's when they call, you know, Mastercraft or right. whoever it is. Or you they know, get and, Mastercraft involved and they say, look, Mastercraft, I've got 50,000 followers on Instagram yeah. and my my videos are getting, you know, five and six thousand views per video. Sure. Sure. Mastercraft's going to want to pay for that. Yeah. Or not. Oh, they're getting, or they're getting way more views than that. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm just throwing out numbers. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but they, they should, I guess what you're saying is they should capitalize off that exposure and and just work it. Yeah, Absolutely. the same way you and Sammy did against each other. I mean, you guys were fighting for money together, but if it wasn't for that fight, you wouldn't have pushed that standard up as high as it went. That's true, that's true. You know, and that's the whole, that's the whole game, right? So, hey, I want one, you got to have a crazy story. Like, of, who was the craziest on tour like when you were peaking, like ninety six, I guess is probably your peak. <laughs> lucky Low, Lucky Low. Oh, I, I got some funny oh, Lucky, lucky Low yeah. stories. I can't wait to get him on. We, I got some funny Lucky stories. Oh, Lucky, but. Lucky, Lucky just needs to talk, and he's funny, and love him, to, <laughs> love him to death. Me I mean, too, Lucky. He, he's he. You could not have a better friend than Lucky. He will defend you till the end. Yeah. Um, but um, I remember being, I remember being in a nightclub with him. 
and it's funny. And um, it was we were I was young. This isn't in the '90s. This is in the early '80s. Yeah. And I'm in a bar in Orlando with Lucky, and um, I'm talking to a girl in a bar, and I don't know this girl, and and Lucky doesn't know her. We're just sitting there, we're making small talk, and the girl's boyfriend comes along, and doesn't like me talking to his girlfriend, <laughs> and, um, and you know it's a typical boy meets girl scenario girl likes boy and all of a sudden girl's boyfriend shows up <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so this guy takes a takes a swing at me uh for no particular reason he was just upset didn't like me and swung at me i ducked and oh no before I, yeah i ducked missed me and he, he had an air swing <laughs> oh. but lucky saw it happen and as a lucky low story goes he grabbed the guy by the neck started choking him and pulled him off the ground and <laughs> and this this is a 200 pound farm boy you know from you know uh and and he was not any, any small guy lucky's got this guy off the ground choking him to death his face is turning red and it's just awful so um finally it, it gets really ugly it looks like the guy's gonna die he's shaking <laughs> and everything and lucky drops him and then all of a sudden, every bouncer, every bartender in the world just came flying after Lucky because they thought that he was the know, guy. He was, try- he was really trying to kill this guy. Right. Lucky's just laughing. You know, he was just <laughs> Lucky was Lucky. He was defending me. Right. I get thrown out of the bar. I get picked up and thrown out of the bar. Lucky just turns around. He runs about, I'd say, 10 feet away and stands up and leans against the wall like he did nothing. <laughs> And, and the entire bar and every bouncer in the world is looking for a guy running, you know, that was choking this guy. And he's standing there sipping on his beer like nothing happened. It wasn't me. Wow. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And, he, and, and nobody, nobody ever figured it out. And, and Lucky just got away scot-free. And it was so funny. He came outside about 20 minutes later. And I said, you know, he just told me his story. It was hilarious. He probably took the girl home, too. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, hey, thanks again, everybody, for coming on. And uh, Carl, so awesome to catch up. And you know, the, the best part about this is I get to talk to my buddies and we get to catch up on all the old stories. So, hey, anything you want to plug, Carl, while I got you on the cast? Um, hey, let's do it again. Yeah, let's absolutely do it again. Absolutely. We, we will uh, over and over and over again, I hope to do this. So this episode was brought to you by Doc Solutions. Dock Solutions is your full-service lakefront dock company that can give you boat lifts and docks that adjust to the water level and all kinds of cool stuff to make your waterfront look better. You can find them at docksfl.com. You can also check out Pull Water Sports. Pull Water Sports up on Lake Lanier. They carry all the best brands. And, you know, every day does start with a pull. Every good day, anyway, starts with a pull. So go check them out at Pull Water Sports. And Shannon, anything you want to close with? So go check out the WW, uh, what is it, uh, www.wakeboat uh, Hall of Fame. Go check those guys out. Yeah. Love to history. Yep. Thank you, everybody, again for listening. Please stay, keep us going on Patreon and keep liking us uh, on just the regular Spotify or on Apple. Or... Hit up your uh, Facebook page. Make sure you like that. Share yep. it and tell everybody. It's growing fast, and we hope to keep doing this. So help us do it. See you next time on The Outside Edge. <laughs>